0: Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osborne, a biblical church centered on Christ. your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We are in a sermon series going through the young life, not the older life, the young life of David. This is David who kills Goliath. This is David, who fought off a bear and a lion. Last Sunday, we saw how David, who's the youngest of all his brothers, he's son number eight of of, seven older brothers, from his father's name is Jesse. And Samuel came. The Lord had chosen David to be the next king of Israel. Samuel goes to their little hometown back 3,000 years ago, Bethlehem, and he pours the oil on David's head in front of everybody and anoints him soon to be the next king of Israel. Now, we know it took 15 years before David became king. So the next, after he was anointed, all the way up into the time where he became king when Saul passed away, was actually a challenging time in David's life. And that's in many ways what we call the making of a godly man. I think there's some attributes we see in David's life as a young man that we can apply in our lives today in 2022. And that's why this scripture is so important. Now, today's passage is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is a famous Bible story. In fact, this is one of the most popular, I would say, one of those top five, top ten Bible stories in the Bible. It's when David kills Goliath. So we're going to read this story. Now, this chapter is 58 verses long. So we're not going to read 58 verses. But I want to encourage you, you want to, this week sometime, go Uh, Pull your Bible out and read the entire story. Spend some time and read all the little details because there's a reason God includes all of these details of the David and Goliath story. Today we're going to pull out two sections of this and we're going to look at it. And I'm going to give you the background information leading up to that. What's going on here is is there is this man named Goliath. Goliath, is the tallest human ever to live in the history of mankind. The Bible says he was nine feet, nine inches tall. Now let's put that in perspective. Let's say I played basketball. Now the goal is only 10 feet. That means means he's only three inches away from the rim. So if I'm nine, nine, like if I'm nine, nine, the rim's only like right there. So like he would catch the ball, and he doesn't have to extend his hands all the way up. He just puts it in like that, like that's how easy it would be for Goliath to score. He doesn't have to jump. He doesn't have to raise his hands all the way. He can literally just put the basket in the goal. That's how tall he is. So that is the world record. This is a, nobody's going to beat nine nine. That's a world record right there of Goliath. But I do want to show you the world record holder. Other, he's in second place. This gentleman, I have a picture of up on the screen. This guy really did exist. Now, Goliath really existed too, but this man existed here in Illinois. He passed away in 1940. This is the second tallest person after Goliath ever to live. His name is Robert Wad, Wadlow. He lived, he came from Alton, Illinois, which is right across the river from St. Louis, Missouri, and he was 8'11, almost nine feet tall. Goliath still had 10 inches on this guy. And he actually was tall and skinny. We're going to see here in the Bible, Goliath was not skinny at all. He was incredibly muscular. But this guy here is, after Goliath, he's in second place, or so the second tallest person ever. And if you look up the. Genesis Book of World Records, instead of, they should list Goliath, but they actually list this guy as the tallest guy ever on earth. Well, um, th- that is the 811 guy right there. Goliath's 99 nine with that. So Goliath, let me give you background information on what's going on before David is introduced. There were these people called the Philistines, and Goliath was a Philistine's. They were the enemies of the nation of Israel. Israel is under the kingship of King Saul. Last Sunday in the previous chapter, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see how God rejected Saul because he was disobedient to the Lord. And God had chosen a new young man who's going to be raised up one day and he's a man after the lone Lord's own heart. His name is David. Now, he's a teenager. He's a redhead. And he's a shepherd. And he has smooth skin. He's just not, he's not a Goliath. He's not a Robert Wadlow. I mean, he's just a regular little boy. He's a boy. I mean, that's what he is. He's a child, teenager. And God has selected this young man to succeed Saul as the new king of Israel. But what happens is there's a battle going on. The Philistines are over here on one mountain, and the Israelites are on this other mountain, and there's a valley in in the middle. So what they decided to do, the Philistines came out to the Israelites and said, Israelites, why do we need to all fight? We'll send out our best warrior. You send out your best warrior. We'll have a battle, and whoever wins that one battle, the other group, will be servants. So if the Israelites win, then the Philistines are servants to the Israelites. If the Philistines win, then the Israelites are servants and slaves to the Philistines. So what would happen is they know the Philistines, they had this guy in their army who was huge, Goliath, nine nine. The Bible actually says Goliath's armor that he wore, this is how we know he wasn't a little skinny arm boy, his armor weighed 125 pounds. His armor weighed some more than us. I mean, his spear weighed 15 pounds. Everything about him was just oversized and then some more. He was massive. He actually had, when he went to battle, he had a shield-bearer. His shield was so big, he had to have a little man carry the shield and hold, hold it for him. That's how big this fellow was. He was a giant. So what would happen, for 40 days, the Philistines would send out their, their warrior, Goliath the giant. And he would go and taunt the Israelites and say, Come on out, who's ready to fight? And he would mock the Lord. And he asked to fight against the Israelites. And they, the Bible says, were scared to death. They were worried. They were fearful. They were nervous. And what the picture of what we see here is this giant, this, the Bible calls him a champion, and then you have fearful Israel over here. Even Saul was over here in the fearful group. He was not a warrior. He was, they were nervous. Because never on earth has someone been this big and this powerful. This guy would beat you in UFC fighting, in UFC championship. This guy was a, a beast, truly a beast. So what's happening now, David is a teenager. Three of his older brothers were in Saul's army. So his dad, Jesse, for, I mean, they're just stuck out there 40 days. We've got this standstill. We're just listening to the same old stuff. They're taunting. The, Goliath is taunting the Israelite army. Well, on day 41, David was sent by his dad to bring, listen to this, some bread and 10 pieces of cheese to his brothers. Now, I have no clue why 10 pieces of cheese. I guess they liked cheese back then. So they needed some 10. They were really hungry for some cheese. So they're bringing 10 pieces of cheese David is the supply boy. But on day 41, something happens. David shows up on the battle lines. You know, he's behind the scenes, passing out the bread and his 10 pieces of cheese to, to his three older brothers. And at that exact moment, he's passing out his, he's the dairy farmer there, delivering the goods. Goliath comes out and starts taunting all the Israelites, starts making fun of them. And David hears it for the first time. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is what's going on? This guy is who we're scared of? David approaches the giant radically different from all all the other folks. And the king, King Saul, because He's got this puny army that's scared to fight. Could you imagine going to war and your army is scared to death? They're wanting to wave the white flag and not even fight. King Saul, had to, he couldn't get any, act, any guys to do anything. So he, he had to sweeten the pot a little bit. So what he's going to do, he's going to give his daughter away to marriage. He says, you can marry my daughter if you beat the Philistine giant. And knowing that, you and your family don't have to pay taxes forever. That's a deal right there. So you could be. David never again paid taxes after he beat the giant. Tax free. So this is what David's walking into. And he hears the Philistine giant mock the Lord. So we're going to pick up here in our Bibles. That's where we're at. In verse 26. We're in 1 Samuel 17 26. The Bible says David spoke to the men who were standing with him. What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That was the passion of David right there. David realized we, every day for 40 days, you have listened to this man come out here and mock our God. How dare this guy do this? Guys, army, y'all are soldiers. You're a bunch of soldiers that won't even fight. What are y'all doing? So that, he's listening to this. The troops told him about the offer, concluding, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. David's oldest brother, Eliab, Listened as he spoke to the men and he became angry with them. Now, who is Eliab? Eliab, this is important. Eliab is David's oldest brother. And I think the principle of this is David was the youngest brother. When Samuel, the chapter before, showed up in Bethlehem to anoint the new chosen king of Israel from the house of Jesse, you would naturally think it would go to Eliab because he's the oldest. He was the most mature, he's in the army. He's in Saul's army? He should be chosen. Well, he was passed over along with all his other brothers, and it went all the way down the line to young David. So Eliab is jealous. He does not like his brother. He doesn't want to hear it anymore. He is resentful that someone else in his house received a blessing, received favor from God, and he didn't. And that's the reason why God didn't pick Eliab, because of this. Very action. Look what Eliab says here. Remember, the reason why God chose David is because of David's heart. You can see Eliab's heart was not right with the Lord. It goes on to say, David's older brother Eliab listened as he spoke to the men, and he became angry with him. Why did you come down here, he asked. Who did you leave those few sheep with? In the wilderness, that's a cut down right there. It so says all you do is watch a few little sheep. I know your arrogance and your evil heart. You came down here to see the battle. Eliab is the one arrogant. Eliab is the one with the evil heart. What have I done now? As if, that's what David says, as if he gets cut down all the time by his brother. So what have I even done now? I'm just delivering my ten pieces of cheese from daddy. That's literally what he's doing. Then he turned from those beside him and in front of him and asked about the offer. The people gave him the same answer as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. So Saul just shot, he's just going around shopping for somebody. Who will fight this guy? He's shopping for a warrior. And they're probably getting tired. We're on day 41 at this point. David said to Saul, Don't let anyone be discouraged by him your servant will go and fight the Philistine. Because David saw the discouragement of all the army, and he's telling Saul, hey, don't be discouraged. I'll go and fight the Philistine. But Saul replied, you can't fight this Philistine. You're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since he was young. Have you ever been a young person, and you were told you're a young person and you can't do it? But throughout your whole life, when you're young, all you feel like is, I just want to grow up and be old, because everywhere I go, people tell me, I'm a youth, you're a child, you're a little boy, you're unqualified, you can't do this. Then when you get old, you're thinking, now I'm old, now I want to be young again, because I'm getting old, I'm going to soon be with, you, be with the Lord, and you want to go backwards in time. Well, David here is, he is being told that he's a young man, and he's, he can't do it, He's unqualified. We have to be careful when we tell young people they can't do something. You never know. David was chosen by the Lord here. And he's explaining to Saul, hey, I can do it. I've been a warrior since I was young. Now, he didn't have a lot of years to be a warrior, but he he got some quick training here on the job. So here's here's his qualifications to fight the giant. You know, when you're young, you just take what you can get. sometimes you have to, he doesn't have much of a resume because he doesn't have anything to put down on his paper but this is what qualifies him David said to Saul your servant has been tending his father's sheep whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from his flock I went after it, struck it down and rescued the lamb from its mouth if it reared up against me I would grab it by its fur, strike it down and kill it David was a shepherd. Obviously, he had to protect these sheep. So if wild animals such as lions and bears were attacking, David would fight them off. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. David keeps going back. That's that's his honor of the Lord. He loved the Lord so much. He says, how dare we sit here and listen to this man talk about our God this way? How, would you, how can we tolerate this? Then David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. You see a confidence in David that you don't see in any of the other folks in the army. There's a contrast there. You see a picture of of what David is, is assured of. And his assurance is he's in the Lord. If I can be rescued from a lion, if I can be rescued from a bear, surely I can be rescued from this Philistine. And you know, remember Saul now, he's just a shopper. A lot of times when you're desperate for employees and you need people to work, and in many ways, everywhere you go, everybody's hired, this is how you feel today. Saul looks at him and says, well, he said, David, go and may the Lord be with you. Even though you're not qualified, even though you're a child, I really need some warriors, and you you killed a lion and a bear, go get them, David. That's what Saul just said right there. And when you're desperate and you, you need a worker, you sometimes have to keep going down the bench. And David, the eighth-string brother, delivering the cheese. And he got called off the bench for him to go. And the contrast when Saul makes that statement. Go and may the Lord be with you. Remember, Saul doesn't realize what he's saying. Because the chapter before, the Bible tells us, because of Saul's disobedience to the Lord, and Saul's, Saul's rebellion against God, the Lord was not with Saul, but he was with David. So Saul's actually bringing a prophecy upon himself. says, the Lord's not with me, but David, may the Lord be with you. And the Lord was with David. Now we're about to get to the battle here, but I want to tell you this story of David and Goliath. What happens is many times we read this familiar Bible story, and this is what we do. We have to be careful doing this. We take David, and we compare him with Goliath, and we say, and we look at our own lives and say, just like all these challenges in our life, all these obstacles, all these giants in our life, we need to go slay our Goliaths and our giants. And we need to go defeat our enemies and bring victory. And so what we do, instead of God being the center and the hero of the story, and that's who is the hero of this story, it's not David. And it's certainly not us. The hero of the story is the Lord. God is the one who enables David to win this battle. This is not about us overcoming the giants of our life, such as fear, anxiety, depression, doing bad in school, addiction. We just fill in the blank. Those aren't the giants we're talking about. The real this is a picture of something that's actually going to happen a thousand years later. In one thousand years, from Bethlehem will be a born a little baby Jesus, from the lineage of David, who will die on this cross right here, And when he died on the cross, he actually slayed the ultimate Goliath and he defeated death. The Goliath is the devil. Satan has a grip on people's life and death kills people because of the devil, because of the rebellion of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Jesus came, defeated death, died on the cross, resurrected three days later, and he's falling in line, line with exactly what David did. David here, we see this the total dependence and boldness upon the Lord. He did not ever look at Goliath and think, "Well, he's nine nine. He's got a lot of heavy armor on. I don't think I'm quite qualified." Never once did David doubt he could win the battle. Jesus. Did not doubt he was going to defeat the devil. Jesus knew I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die for the world's sins. I'm going. To re- I mean, he's telling everybody his plan. Three days later, I'm coming back from the grave. I'm going to be on earth for 40 days, appear to 500 people, and then I'm going to ascend to heaven. And then one day I'm coming back. And that's where we're at now. Jesus knew his plan. He defeated the greatest. David and Goliath's story was actually Jesus defeating death, which gives us eternal life. So, moving along here in our story of David and Goliath, we need to re- always remember it's not, we're not the center of the story. This isn't about us overcoming our things in our life. What this is about is how David had an honor and a dependence upon the Lord that we need. We need to have the same devotion to God that David had. So what happens is David here, he goes, since Saul gave him permission to fight, he puts on this heavy armor of Saul. He can't wear it because he's a child. The armor drags him down. So he says, I'm a shepherd. I don't even know how to wear this stuff. That's not how I fight. When I fight a bear and a lion, I don't, I don't wear armor. I get my bag of slingshots, literally. I brought a bag of, sl- a bag of rocks right here. So now we're going to get... They have a taunting match. Goliath and David exchange some words um, to go back and forth. And then we're going to pick up in verse 45. So Goliath is mocking David. David's coming out. You know, they're meeting in a valley. Goliath looks closely and thinks, oh my goodness, they sent a child to come fight me. This is a monster man. And here comes little David with no armor on. The Bible says he took five smooth stones in his slingshot. And that's what he's going to fight Goliath with. Now, when I was a little boy, when I was about 10 or 11, I had a slingshot. Slingshot is the most inaccurate uh, thing in the world. I mean, even if you thought you were going to shoot, you could shoot a slingshot right there and the, the rock goes over there. It's just they're not accurate. Even if you try to kill a squirrel, it's not going to hit it. And I want to tell you, the real warning with slingshot, when you pull them back, the, r- the little rubber band, it gets twisted up, and the little thing, the rock, what occurs, you're shooting it, and you let go, and it goes down there, it gets wide up, then it comes back and hits you, the rock. Like, Larry, you're shooting the enemy, and you shot yourself. It's like it's totally all, who here had a slingshot growing up? Good, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's a dangerous toy that just doesn't work to kill. So david apparently he knew how to use his slingshot so look what here's in the bible with the phenomenal bible story verse 45 david said to the philistine you come against me with a sword spear and javelin but i come against you in the name of the lord of armies the god of the ranks of israel you have defiled him notice he doesn't even talk about his little rocks he doesn't talk about his slingshot He's actually going into the battle with God. God is his weapon. He's going to fight with the Lord. So he goes to battle because the the giant has defiled the Lord. Today the Lord will hand you over to me. This is their smack talk. Today I'll strike you down, remove your head, and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the wild creatures of the earth then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord says. But look at this. Don't miss this vow verse. But the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Folks, David had such a confidence. He knew his little weapons were not going to win. Our battle and our challenges, whatever's going on in our life, Folks, we give it to God. That's what David's doing. He says, all I know is I see this Philistine who has all the armor, who has the size, who has all the weapons, and I have nothing. But what I do have is I have the Lord. And with the Lord, I will win and have more. That is his approach to life. That is how he he approaches his battles. That same type thinking is you go about your life and your day, you want to be thinking, you go to work, you go to school tomorrow, but the battle, is the Lord's. I trust the Lord with whatever happens. He will hand you over to us. Look what it says here in verse 48. Then the Philistine started forward to attack. So here's the fight. David ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag. He took out a stone And he slung it. So he's got his little rock. He's putting it in his slingshot. They're running together. Now this is an intense moment. Goliath is huge. He's got all the armor. And David's got his slingshot. He slung it and it hit the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. Just like that. At the providence of God, that only the Lord could time, it was the most accurate slingshot shot ever made in the history of the world, God guided that stone into Goliath's forehead. It knocked him on the ground, knocked him out, probably gave him a concussion. He goes down. Nine, nine, he's on the ground now. So, after that, David defeated the Philistine. With a sling and a stone, David overpowered the Philistine and killed him without having a sword. David ran and stood over him. He grabbed the Philistine's sword, pulled it from its sheath, and used it to kill him. Then he cut off his head. You know, this is Bible gruesome. This is what After you kill the man, he sliced his head off with his own sword, Goliath's sword. He cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they fled. So all the people, they're watching says, oh no, Goliath just died. And now he's been beheaded. And this boy beat him. They're scared to death. They flee. Now all of a sudden, when when someone from your team scores a point, the rest of the team who is so discouraged, they get on board with the program. Verse 52 tells us, the men of Israel and Judah rallied, shouting their battle cry and chased the Philistines to the entrance of the valley and to the gate of Ekron. Philistine bodies were strewn all along Sherem Road to Gath and Ekron. So all the scared people who were worried and nervous, they jump on board and they start chasing the Philistines too, along with David, because they saw Goliath was dead. And then, obviously, David is honored. This story changed the course of David's life. Because this one battle where he made the statement, the battle is the Lord's, he trusted in the Lord, it changed how he approached everything. For the first 40 days, the giant had the upper hand, mocking and taunting God. But on day 41... Is finally the first day David heard it and everything changed. And I think the principle for us is we want to respond just like David did. You're going about your life and you're just, you're stuck. Same old stuff is discouraging. When will you rise up and say, I am saved. I am chosen. Here, this is what set David apart. I'm about to put three things up on the screen. This is why David won. Number one, David knew he had been anointed and chosen by God. This is why he's different. One chapter before, Samuel the prophet comes to his hometown of Bethlehem, pours oil on his head and says, you're going to be the next king in front of everyone. Maybe several months, several weeks later, David finds himself in this battle with the Philistine, maybe even a couple of years later. David did not forget he had been chosen. Folks, if you are saved, if you have been born again, you have been chosen by God. David never forgot his salvation. And we can't do the same. Why would God tell David, it says, you're going to be the next king of Israel, only the next chapter to have him die to Goliath. David had more confidence in the Lord. He was going to be the king. He knew this is God's plan for me. So there's times in our life that we have to be reminded that you are a saved, born-again, chosen person by the Lord. If you were saved here this morning, you've been set apart for God. Number two, David knew the battle belongs to the Lord. It was not because David was a good fighter. In fact, it was the exact opposite. It wasn't because David could outsmart anyone. In fact, everybody looked at David and kept telling him, oh, you're a child. You're unqualified. You can't even wear the armor. All you've done is kill a bear and a, and a lion. That was his resume. But folks, he had the Lord, and he trusted in the Lord. And there's times in our life that we are going about, and all we can say is, I, I, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, I'm not qualified, but Lord, the battle belongs to you. David didn't even go to the battle lines to fight, he was the supply boy, and he got pulled into it, and that, that happens to us. That, he, he believed, the Lord brought me here in God's prominence, and I trust the Lord with his battle. And three and finally, understand the circumstances of what's going on. Goliath and David met in a valley. Both armies were up on hills, and they went down to meet each other. They're running down a hill, and they're going to have a collision at the bottom in this valley. There are times in our life that we are going to pass through a valley. You will meet a Goliath. That A Goliath is a challenge. It's a setback. There's going to be times in your life that you are going to have to realize I've got to make a stand for the Lord. I've got to choose to obey God instead of the world. I'm at school, I'm at work, and while everyone else is doing this, I know that's morally and sinfully wrong, but I'm going I'm to make the right choice. God leads us through valleys. There will be bad doctor's appointments. There will be challenges along the way. David had a challenge before him. He knew. Without the Lord, he was hopeless. So when you go through a valley, which you will go through a valley, they're meeting in this valley here, you have to have the same approach David did. I'm not going to allow the circumstances to define this situation. David had a total trust and dependence upon the Lord. This changed David's life. When are you and I going to stand up and speak and stand up and say, "I'm tired of how the world. I'm tired of how my friends. I'm tired of how what garbage I watch on TV and on the internet and at school and at work. I'm tired of how they're speaking about my Lord, my God. I'm going to you speak up for the Lord." And that is what David did on day 41. And God is asking you, when are you going to respond the same way? You're in a valley, you're fearful, you're just like the Israelite army, scared to death, and God is looking for you and I to respond with the same confidence and hope that the Lord did. I shared earlier that this was a story about Jesus. Jesus here defeated the greatest Goliath and the greatest giant of all, and that's death, and that's what he did on the cross. I shared also about how David had a confidence had he had been anointed and chosen to be the next king. You've been chosen if you're saved. If you are here this morning, God has brought you here for a purpose, to hear this David and Goliath story, to take these biblical principles and remind us that we live for the Lord. And if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to invite you this morning I'm going to stand down. We're going to have our invitation. In fact, Beecher, I want to invite you to come up far with the band. We're going to close our service here with an invitation. You come take my hand. You take Zach's hand. And you say, Pastor, I want to get saved. I'm tired of living in a valley that's just, I'm defeated. And the Lord is speaking to you, saying, the battle belongs to the lord you need to quit fighting that's what god is saying quit just lay down your put your weapons down you're done you just trust god that's all he wants and that's what you do with your life you put all your weapons down and you say lord i'm yours this morning this is our time to respond to god you get you give your life to jesus this morning you trust him as your savior if you need to be baptized, you come take my hand. If you want to join our wonderful church, our Bible-believing church, you say, Pastor, I feel God wants me and my family to grow and serve at this church. This is when our time to respond to Laura. Zach, I want to invite you to come forward. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. This is our closing song. This is what we call a song of invitation. Zach and I are standing up front. You respond to the gospel and to Jesus this morning.